Hey, this is Jerry Galloway. I'm the pastor of LHA Church, and this is our podcast. Thank you for joining us today. I hope this encourages your heart, strengthens your faith, and gives you perspective that God is moving in your life. Enjoy the message. Well, if you have your Bibles with you this morning, if you'll open them to Mark chapter 12. Actually, there's two passages we're going to look at this morning. Mark chapter 12, and as well, we're going to be in John 13. Mark chapter 12, and John chapter 13. Before we began this morning, something that the Holy Spirit was impressing upon my heart this morning during worship in regard to the message I would share with you today is uh, this truth that I want to share with you today is a truth you've heard before. I've heard before. But the Holy Spirit just continued to impress upon my heart. This is a spiritual truth. And uh, you and I are used to operating in the natural. The Lord wants to speak to us this morning on a spiritual level. And, uh, and so I want us to, to pray. We've, we've said lots of prayers this morning, but I want us to say, uh, uh, take a moment and pray in a focused direction. Lord, let my heart be prepared uh, to receive the things that you have for me today. Um, so uh, right now, if you'll just join me, I'm going to lead us in prayer. Right where you're at, just say, Lord, prepare my heart and let that be your prayer this morning. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, Father, we just come to you this morning. Father, we just come and we just welcome you to be in this place. Father, I pray that today, Lord, that you would um, open our spiritual eyes to see. Uh, give us spiritual ears to hear. Lord, truths that aren't just natural, but they are truths that are from you. Lord, you told Peter that flesh and blood had not revealed these truths to him, but your Father which was in heaven. Father, I ask you today to reveal to us today, to earthly humanity. Would you reveal to us your heart? Would you reveal to us today your divine purpose and plan for our lives? And Father, I trust you for this, and I just place this time in your hands. It's not my message today. It's your message And I just ask you to accomplish what you want in us today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen and amen. Last week I began sharing with you on living and that process of not just the loving, not just the living, but beginning to step out and lead. We talked last Sunday about leading in authenticity. Our call as believers in Christ is to live a life of authenticity, uh, not just a going through the motions, not just a, a ritual, but living this life in Christ 
with authenticity, the real deal. There's many religions today around the world, but none of them have what Jesus Christ has to offer. Can you say amen to that? His call for us is to live a life of authenticity. It's not about a life. Authenticity is not about a life of perfection, but it's about living a life that consistently declares that I am a follower of Jesus Christ, and it is authenticated by the life that I live. Now, authenticity is one of the core standards for leading effectively, and we can do it in no greater way than in living a life of love. Now, today, I'm not going to share any deep truths with you. In fact, I'm not going to share with you something you've probably never heard before. But today, my prayer is that our focus will be central. My prayer today is that our focus will uh, be narrowed down to the simple. Often we are so concerned about learning the deep things and we're so concerned about learning these uh, unsearchable truths. I believe this morning what he wants to do is he wants to bring us back to a place of clear focus. Mark chapter 12 The first passage for today, Mark 12, verses 30 and 31, gives us these words. Love the Lord, your God, with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind, with all of your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Now over to John 13, if you'll look there with me. John 13, verses 34 and 35. John 13, 34 to 35. A new command I give you. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. And by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. You and I understand when we talk about love, we we all understand what love is. Many of you in this room can remember your first love. For some of you, you were in grade school and it was your teacher. For some of you guys, it was the girl that sat in the row next to you and you would pull on her hair and agitate her and she couldn't stand you and you were doing it just to let her know you liked her. Love is something we're familiar with. Valentine's Day arrives and we celebrate a day of love. Throughout this world today, we know men and women understand this word love. Whether you are in the church, whether you're a believer in Christ, or you are not a believer in Christ, we know that people understand this concept of love. In this earth, in this way of living, We understand what attachment is, emotional attachment, and we understand what love is. But this morning, 
My prayer for us is that the Holy Spirit will speak to our hearts beyond what we are accustomed to in our natural self. I want to talk to you today about love that is not a naturally discernible love. I want to talk to you about love that is a spiritual truth. In fact, it's probably the greatest spiritual truth that you can come across in your lifetime. Love. It is the greatest of Christian graces. Love is the highest of Christian aspirations. Love is powerful. Love is strong. Love can break through barriers. Love can change the outcome of a life. Love. It's the greatest of spiritual giftings. Greater than speaking in tongues. Greater than speaking prophecy. Greater than gifts of faith. Paul's words in 1 Corinthians 13 and verse 13 was this, but the greatest of these is love. Love. It's the highest expression of God to man. His love sent Christ, his one and only son, to be the remedy for our sin. Today, when you consider God and all that he is, there may be some things that you say, well, you know what, I don't know about God and I don't understand about God. But my friend, you cannot know God without knowing his great love for you. The source, and this is the truth that I want to bring us back to today, the source of all love comes from God. 1 John 4 and 7, dear friends, let us love one another for love comes from God. Love, it's the highest expression of God to man. Therefore, it must be the highest expression of man's relationship to his fellow man. There is no greater way for us to demonstrate God's love than loving someone else. If you never accomplish anything else in this life, may it be said of you and may it be said of me that we loved others. This is a trait that should identify us the most. Not that I attend church, not that I profess Jesus Christ, but that we love one another. Love is one of those sermons that's better lived out than told. Love is one of those lives that's better led than told. You see, love becomes visible in us, not through a change of mind, but here's the spiritual part. It comes through a change of heart. Only the changed heart through Christ can love as God loves. And that's why I pray today we would have spiritual revelation because the world today says, well, I don't follow him, and yet I love my family, and I love these. There are some spiritual truths. Peter, when revealed to him who Jesus Christ was, Jesus said to him, Simon... Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father, which is in heaven, has revealed this truth to you. Love. Jesus said, if you love like the world loves, what credit is it to you? 
Even the tax collectors love those that love them. That's normal. That's normal. He said, even sinners love those who love them. But he's saying, I'm calling you to a higher place. I'm calling you to a, a richer call. I'm, I'm calling you to a life of authenticity. Probably one of the greatest definitions of love can be found in Ephesians 5, and it's described, defined in this way. Love is the nurturing. Love is the care that is given for someone else. And it describes in this way, just as Christ loved the church. If you and I strive to champion the work of Christ, and if we strive to champion our faith in Jesus, then love must be paramount in our lives. As we are preparing this Magi project on December the 9th, and as we go out, you know, so many times we are focused on us. We're focused on our service. We're focused on ministry to us, and we're focused on many things. The whole process of this Magi project is about us reaching out with the love of Jesus Christ Sharing the love of Christ in a very tangible way to other people. There's got to be something, my friend, that marks a believer in Christ that is different than before you and I were a believer in Christ. Let's walk together, if you will. Let's walk through this passage in John 13. You know, when we look at this Magi project, Jesus said, if you even so much as give a cup of cold water in my name, there's a rich reward that comes from it. John chapter 13, Jesus said these words, a new command I give you, love one another. Now, if you will, I'm sure when the disciples heard this truth, I'm sure you know, Peter was one of, one of those guys who, who had all the answers. He had it all figured out. And probably in Peter's mind, he's thinking, what do you mean love one another? We love you, Lord, and we love our families, and we love our friends. Jesus said it's a, a new command. The new command is not doing away with an older command. It's not replacing something they had been taught. You see, in this passage, Jesus is just hours away from his crucifixion. It's culminating and bringing about the end of his earthly ministry. And what he's trying to do, he's trying to focus their attention on their greatest priority, love one another. He has washed their feet. If you look in the preceding verses, he's washed their feet. He's shared with them. He's, he has predicted his betrayal at his soon-to-come death. And he said to them, I've told you many things, but today I have a new command to give you. Love one another as I have loved you. 
Jesus had been loving them. He had been taking care of them. He had been praying for them. And now he's getting ready to leave and he tells them, you need to love one another in the same way that I've been loving you. Love one another. Yes, they were to love the world. They were to love the helpless, the sick, the poor, the abused, the discarded, the abandoned. He had taught them that. But he says, I want to give you a new perspective. I want you to love one another. How powerful it is when the church loves. Yes, we're to love those in the world. We're to love our neighbors, our co-workers, our friends, our family. But he's trying to get us to see something that is beyond the ordinary. He's talking about the church loving the church. When the church loves, it becomes an unstoppable force. When the church loves, barriers and hurdles and pitfalls are overcome. When the church loves, the world sees something in the church they can't find any else, any other place. The church becomes a mighty, unstoppable, and a powerful force when it loves. I have to tell you that when the church loves, fighting, bickering, self-importance, and ego are defeated. When we love in the church, gossip, backbiting, slander, judgmental attitudes are buried at the foot of the cross. When we love those in the church, we're no longer known by our differences, but rather we are known by our unity and our love. When we love those in the church, unity defines us. When we love those in the church, others become more important than self. Serving becomes more important than being served. Giving becomes more important than being given to. Helping becomes greater than being helped when we love those in the church. When we love those in the church, conversations about others that tear down, hurt, and discourage are silenced. You can't find it. You can't find that stuff in the church that loves. It's going to be quiet in the church today. It's not there. When the church loves pride, arrogance, judgmental attitudes are abased. And we find one undeniable truth. Love never fails. When we love those in the church, human nature is ruled by the Spirit. When we love those in the church, words that hurt, destroy, and wound the Spirit are traded for words that build up, honor, edify, and strengthen one another. We love those in the church And when that happens, unity strengthens us. And the church, as we talked about last week, truly becomes like a city set on a hill that can't be hidden. It becomes a light in the darkness, obvious to the world that God is among us. 
Love is the highest expression of God to man. So it must be that love is the highest expression of our relationship with our fellow man. Look at verse 34. Jesus said these words, As I have loved you, so you must love one another. Well, I don't know if you are like I am, but when I read something like that, I have to ask myself the question, well, how did he love? If I'm supposed to do it the way he did, how did he love? We find in the passages of Scripture that Christ loved sacrificially as he gave his life. Isaiah 53 and 5, you know it well, but he was pierced for our rebellion. He was crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. All of us like sheep have gone astray. We have left God's path to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. How powerful the ways he has loved us. How far-reaching his love has stretched out to reach us. The places that he's gone to find you and me. We left the path. We went our own way. We were going to do our own thing. And yet, in the midst of it all, he found us in our place. The relentless nature of his love to pursue us and the powerful grip of his love to not let go of us. How unconditionally, how unselfishly he has loved us. In his love, friends, he's protected us He's provided for us. He's kept us. He's fed us. He's clothed us. He's guided us. He's cared for us. We can say with a loud amen that the Lord's love has never failed us. So how did Christ love them? He spoke kindly to them. He took their concerns as his own. He cared for their well-being he instructed them, he counseled them, he comforted them, he prayed for them, he prayed with them, and he prayed for them. He vindicated them when they were accused. And in times when they were amiss, he reproved them. Often we get the idea that if he was kind to them, that he never said anything forthright. My friend, if you don't believe that, you've never read the New Testament. There were times that Jesus said, how long am I going to put up with you? Oh, you of little faith. His truths were not a, a slander towards them. His words were a truth about them. He reproved them when they were amiss. He was compassionate. He was kind. He compassionately bore with their failings. I'm reminded of the account of Peter. In fact, the passage that we're reading from today, it's in that passage where it talks about Peter's going to deny him three times. And yet he was patient. 
And you'll find something about him. He always brought out the best in them. He said, as I have loved you, so you must love one another. How did he love? I believe 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8 describes it well. These words, love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy. Wow, this is where it gets the boots, you need to get the boots on. And this is where it gets a little deep and a little heavier in the body of Christ. Love does not envy when somebody else comes in and they've got something new and you only have old. Your car, when you came in, everybody in the county knew you had arrived. And they pulled up in their brand new car and you couldn't even hear it running when they pulled up. They closed their door and it firmly closed. You closed yours and it almost fell off the door. Love does not envy. It does not boast. You know what boasting usually does? Boasting makes me look good and you bad. Boasting makes me look big and you small. Boasting makes me important and you less important. Boasting. It is not love is not proud. Notice this. Love does not dishonor others. That's huge. Husbands, love does not dishonor your wife. Wives, love does not dishonor your husbands. Parents, parents, love does not dishonor your children. Love does not dishonor your brother or sister sitting in the, the, the seat beside you, the row around you. It does not dishonor. Love does not dishonor. It is not self-seeking. It is not, man, this one will step all over our feet. Love is not easily angered. Here it goes. Love keeps no record of wrong. Wow. Love does not say, yeah, but you did. I want you to think about for a moment the fact that when Jesus Christ forgave us, the Bible says he chooses to remember our sin no more. There's never going to be a time in your life when God is going to say, yeah, but I remember when. You see, we say, well, Lord, how could you forgive me again? He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't remember any of those things that you've done before. Wow. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects. Imagine the atmosphere of the church if our goal was to protect the other believers in the body. When somebody started talking about sister so-and-so, if they went, nope, you came to the wrong church. you got to go to the church of where we talk about others. We don't do that here. How many of y'all know that'd make a little different atmosphere? Well, I can't believe. Did you see what they did? No, I didn't see anything at all because we don't do that here. I told you it was going to be quiet this morning. <laughs> it always rejoices the truth. It always protects. Notice this. It always trusts. It always hopes. It always perseveres. Notice this. Love never 
fails. That's the way he has loved us. Why? Because love is a supernatural trait. That's why when you read this passage, this passage is the opposite of what's going on in the world today. The world says, we're no different than believers because we love. But today, without Christ, friends, we love those who love us. We despise those who despise us. This is how we're to love those in the body of Christ. This is how we're to treat those in the body of Christ. These character traits must be in the body of believers. Look at verse 35. Jesus says these words, by this, by this. Somebody say that, by this. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Wow. Not because I carry my Bible to work, not because I wear a Christian t-shirt, not because I have a honk if you love Jesus bumper sticker on the back of the car. Not if you've told everybody that you go to LHA church. Not in any other way. By this. Here's what he's talking about. Authenticity. Being authentic. By this, he said, they will know. It is our witness. It's our reputation. It is our test of authenticity. Listen, friend, when you go to lunch, it doesn't matter how much you tell them about Jesus if you treat the waitress bad at the restaurant. I had, uh, I'm not going to tell you who this is. I heard a story this week. This individual was driving down the road and there was some traffic that was causing a problem and there was an individual who was blocking the traffic. This individual pulled by in their car, rolled down the window because this individual had been holding the traffic up and yelled out the window, idiot. Don't look around the room because they're not in here this morning, so you're safe. <laughs> but I will not ask for a show of hands how many of us have done that with the window up or down. Rolled the window down, yelled out, idiot, only in a few minutes later, the fact they were on their way to the church for a meeting only to get to the church, and that individual walked in late. Wow, it wasn't Thanksgiving meal, it was a crow meal. <laughs> How? How many know the flesh? Now, now we can all laugh about that, but we're not going to show videos of how many of us have done that before. Our love is our witness, our reputation. Love is our test of authenticity. It's the fruit of our lives that declares Jesus has saved us and the Holy Spirit lives in us. 
It is the litmus test. In no other way did he declare that we will authenticate who we are. It's not just about showing. It's about having it. Our, uh, our love for others must be free, strenuous, expensive, constant, persevering. Our love for others must not be impotent, but powerful. This is the characteristic. Notice this. This is the characteristic of his people. This is what we must excel in. We must champion this cause. Christ Jesus was infamous for his love. May we be like him. He was kind, gracious, compassionate, and merciful, and his love never failed. The greatest witness we can have in our community is our love. It's the greatest advertisement we can have when we love one another. You see, let me describe it in this way for you. If we love well those that are inside the house of God, then we can more effectively love those who are outside of the house of God. But how can we love those outside if we don't love those on the inside? A church that loves, and I, if you will if you, if you missed everything else, I want, you to, I want you to pick up on this part. A church that loves is a safe place for the broken and the wounded. The church is a safe place for people who don't have it all together. The church is a safe place. For people who are still in infancy in their walk with Christ. The church is a safe place for those who don't have their act all together. The truth is, if we'd be honest, none of us have our act all together yet. The church is a safe place for those who've been wounded by others. The church is a safe place for those who've been discarded by others who didn't see them as important. The church that loves is a haven for those the world has ignored because they didn't look a certain way or act a certain way. The church that loves is an oasis for those who need relief from a hurtful past. The church that loves is an oasis for those who are thirsty for acceptance and unconditional love. The church that loves is a hospital for the broken, the wounded, and the abandoned. The church is not a place that says when you come and you accept Christ, then you start looking like me. The church is not a place that says when you get your act together, you'll look just like I look. Church is a hospital. You know what a hospital does? Anybody who's well doesn't go to the hospital. Hospital is a place for the broken, hurting, sorrowful, sick, sick emotionally, spiritually. The church is a hospital. 
You see, unless we pick up this spiritual truth, and this is where I, I, I pray the Holy Spirit will reveal. If we don't pick up this spiritual truth, when someone comes in that doesn't look like us, and they sit in the seat next to us, the only thing we'll think is, I've got to move because they're embarrassing me. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, confession is probably good for the soul. I don't know how many of y'all went out on Black Friday. Uh, Paul and I did for a little while. And the rest of the afternoon, we asked ourselves, why in the world did we do that again? <laughs> Do you ever have times? Do you ever have times when I know this is an old phrase, but when the Lord takes you to the woodshed? Man, he took me to the woodshed Friday. I already had this sermon prepared. And he beat me all over the place with it on Friday. Paul and I were in a particular store. And um, I'm, I'm just going to be as honest with you as I'm going to be. Um, I don't have nothing to hide from you. This individual came up to, to help. And I will tell you, first of all, he didn't look like I look, didn't, didn't do like I do. And um, in my natural self, I was very uncomfortable. And so this individual was speaking to Paula because it was a product she was looking at. And I thought, I'm just being as honest with you I know to be. You may see me as your pastor, but I'm a human too. And I remember standing there and I thought, I'm not even going to look up because I'm so, hmm, I didn't like it. And the Holy Spirit, in the midst of my uncomfortableness, said, you mean you can't even be kind? Okay, all the games were off. My righteousness, my goodness, my togetherness all went down the drain. And my heart changed when I looked up at that individual and instead of looking away, I looked them in the eye and smiled and shared kindness. I'm telling you, I'm just being honest. I had to live out this sermon before I could get here today. Maybe he needed, to, maybe I wasn't ready to, to share this sermon with you yet. And all day Friday, I spent the afternoon. I told Paul, I said, Oh, I said, the Holy Spirit has just spoke to my heart. You know those moments where it's a God moment, you know? And I said, God, forgive me for my arrogance thinking I've got it all together because I was, rem I was reminded when I came to Jesus and I didn't look like he looked and I didn't act like he acted and yet he was kind to me And I've spent since Friday praying, Lord, change my heart. Change me. Change me. Change me. 
so much time we spend our things saying, oh, God changed them, when really the prayer should be, change me. Change me. This is a spiritual truth. Because if, if we approach it from any other perspective, if, if we approach this topic today from a moralistic uh, standpoint, if we approach it from uh, just being a nice person, we will not love the way he loves. If we don't pick up the spiritual truth, then we'll love the people who love us, we'll treat well the people who treat us well, and we'll overlook those who need an oasis in a place of brokenness. We will not be the hospital for the broken, the wounded, the abandoned. We will not be a place of healing for those who've been cast aside, shunned, and unapproved by others. No greater place of healing in this world than the church that loves. With the same love that Christ loved us. Friends, it must be our greatest priority to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, with all of our strength. And the second is like it. Love one another as he has loved us. You see... We can't go any farther with talking about leading until we talk about loving. Because everything we do in leading is fostered out of the love. It's the foundation. It's the, it's the core principle. We must love. Would you bow your heads this morning? Friend, I want to ask you today, and um, I want to ask you today about your relationship with Jesus. I want to ask you today, my friend, uh, right now, people that have come into this room, if you were to die today, if today were the day that you breathed your last breath, you may have planned a long, fruitful life, but if today you were to expire in this life, my friend, I want to ask you, are you ready to meet Jesus? Do you know Jesus Christ, not just as a religious man, not just as a teacher, not just the baby born in Bethlehem at Christmas, but do you know him as your Savior? What does that mean? Do you know him, my friend, as the person who forgives your sin? Do you know him as the person who took your sin and paid the price for your sin? so that you and I could go free. Do you know Jesus Christ as your Savior? Friend, if you don't, you can today. And I don't know maybe what's brought you here. Maybe you've been telling other people, people have been inviting you to church, and you said, you know, one day I'm going to get my life right with God, but, but, but right now I'm not ready. And One day I'm going to do that. My friend, I'd like, to, I'd like to ask you today, do you know Jesus? And maybe today is the day. Maybe today's the day. Because he loves you. He loves you. He loves you and he's given everything just for you. Do you know Jesus Christ as your Savior? 
as we prepare to celebrate Christmas and we'll talk about him being the baby born. Do you know him more than just the baby born in the story? Do you know him as the one who's been your savior? The one who's taken away your sin. Maybe you're here today and you'd say, Pastor, I'm away from him. Maybe say, you know, I knew him as a child and as I grew up and became an adult, I began walking my own way, doing my own thing. Friend, today is the day for you to return to him. So friend, if your relationship with Christ is not, it's not what you want it to be, not what it should be, right where you're at this morning, would you just say, Pastor, remember me in prayer this morning, my relationship with Christ. Maybe you don't know him or maybe you're away from him, but you say, today is the day I want to return. Friend, if that's you, I'm not going to embarrass you. Would you just lift your hand right where you're at and say, please remember me in prayer. Yes. You can put your hand down, friend, after you've raised it. Others that will join these and say, please remember me in prayer today. You say, my relationship with Christ is not what it could be or should be or needs to be. I need him today. Friend, this is not hard. The price has already been paid. Jesus has already done the work. So all we got to do is take our steps. They're easy. I'm going to walk you through them. I'm going to ask all across this house we pray a prayer together this morning. And friend, if you lifted your hand and you need Jesus, I encourage you, pray this prayer from your heart. Maybe you didn't raise your hand, but you still need to pray the prayer. Friend, pray it from your heart. All across this room, let's pray this together. Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you today in need of a Savior. I come to you today asking you to forgive my sin. I repent of my ways and I turn to you. And I ask you today, forgive me, cleanse me, Come and be the Lord of my life. I need you today. And I'm counting on you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, I ask you right now for these that have responded to your Holy Spirit today. Oh God, you're in this room today. There is... No denying that fact. Your presence is here. For those who have responded, Lord, I ask you today just to, as only you can do, confirm in their heart how much you love them and care for them. And Lord, I pray that you would begin a new work in their life. Today would be a brand new day. <laughs> today would be a fresh beginning a fresh start. Father, I ask it and I'm believing you and I'm trusting you for it. God, it's you that does the work. So right where they're seated, I ask you to begin that work in their life.
And I'm asking it all in the name of Jesus. Amen. Would you stand with me this morning? Here's how I want uh, to close the remainder of our time. I am convinced beyond the shadow of a doubt that for me to love as Christ loves the church, it has to be spiritually revealed. Otherwise, I'm going to spend the rest of my life loving like everybody else loves. I want to love the way he loves. And if that's your prayer today, you say, I want to love the way Jesus loves. I'm going to ask you to step out from where you're at. And would you come and stand across the front of this building together? And I believe this morning God's going to do something in our hearts. If you say, I want to love the way Christ loved, friend, would you step out from where you're at? Make your way to the front of this church together. Jesus said, love one another as I have loved you. Lord, I want to fulfill that scripture. I want to fulfill that purpose. Friends, if you'll move up as close as you can to allow others that are coming room to, to be able to gather in with you. If you can't stand, my friend, you're welcome to come and sit in the front to be close with the others today. I'm convinced today that I've got to have his help. I've got to have his help to love the way he loves. Because I'll tell you, my own natural self, it has its own ways. My own natural self has its own preconceived ideas. I want to love the way he loves. Care the way he cares. Give the way he gives. I want to be like him. That's what changed me. Because he did something for me nobody else had ever done. He was with me the ways nobody else had ever been. As I was thinking about today in closing, I felt just impressed in my heart. You know, when a, when a little child runs up to their parent, they do this. And what that signifies is I need you to pick me up. I need you to pick me up and hold me close. I need you to put me in your arms and I need you to be with me. I'm going to ask you this morning, we're going to pray together here in just a moment. When we pray, what I'm going to ask you to do is to lift your hands towards heaven, not as a perfunctory act at the close of a service, but, but like the way that child does. Because I'm telling you, friends, we can't love the way he loves by a change of mind. It's got to be a change of heart. So I can't do this on my own. I've got to have his help. And so I have to stand here and say, Lord, Cherry doesn't have it, but I know you have it. And I want you to change my heart to be like your heart. Help me to love the way you love. If that's your prayer this morning, would you just lift your hands towards heaven?
And I'm going to pray and I'm going to lead us in a prayer. But friend, you know your own words. Just say your own words. Just call out to him this morning. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, as you look upon us today, you see our hands are uplifted to you. You see our hearts are lifted up. And Lord, we know your prayer. We know your desire. We know your call for us is to love the way you loved us. But God, we declare today, God, I don't have it in myself. I don't have it in my own ways. I need your help. I need your help. I ask you, God, to change my heart. I pray, God, change my heart to be like yours. Let my eyes begin to see the way your eyes see other people. God, forgive me when I'm arrogant. Forgive me. Forgive me. Forgive me when I look at others with disdain. Forgive me, Lord, I repent of times when I'm not loved the way you love. But I declare before you today, God, I've got to have your help. God, I believe that flesh and blood has not revealed this truth to us, but our Father which is in heaven. And so, Father, we call upon you today and we say, Lord, help us. Lord, help us. Give us your heart. Help us to love the people around us the way you love. God, I pray that our lives will be characterized by your love and your kindness and your mercy. Your unconditional love. Lord, I ask you for it and I believe you for it. I believe this is a morning of spiritual impartation. I believe you're doing a work in our hearts. And I believe you're doing a work in our lives. And I trust you to accomplish this task in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Friends, it is our witness and our reputation. By this will all men know that you are my disciples if you love one another. I want to encourage you in something. We come in on Sundays and uh, everybody's kind of in a hustle bustle in a hurry. We're trying to get here by 10. We don't want to be the last one to walk in. And we're trying to hurry, hurry, hurry. And then, well, lunch is, lunch is coming up. We got to get to the restaurant before those other folks get there. So I want to encourage you to take some time this morning and just... Uh, Maybe go and talk to some people that you don't know. Instead of just the folks that are your buddies or your friends, talk to somebody who sits on the other side of the building. You see them come in every week, but you don't know their name. Maybe just go up and say, my name is Jerry. What's your name? And just share the love of Jesus. One with take, take five minutes today before you leave and share the love and the kindness of Christ with somebody else in this place may the God of heaven fill your heart with heavenly love for one another may your heart begin to break for those who are broken 
May your eyes be filled with tears for those who cry. May your hands reach out in kindness to those who've been hurt by others' hands. May your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and glorify your heavenly Father which is in heaven. May you characterize the love of Christ to those who are around you. May the epitaph of your life be said that you loved others the way that Jesus Christ loved them. May his words be fulfilled not only in your ears, but in your hearts today. May the Lord our God bless you. May he strengthen you. May he always cause his loving face to shine upon you. And may the joy of his strength be in you always and forevermore. God bless you today. Have a great day. Have a great day. Have a great day in him today. May his joy be yours. God bless.